Hello and welcome to episode 209 of Monster Kid Radio, the podcast where we celebrate the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear, and we're doing things a little bit different this week on the podcast. I'd like to welcome you to the show. My name is Derek M. Cook. I'm your writer, producer, and host. And, nope, we didn't open up this episode with a piece of surf. Instead, the music that you're hearing right now is from the band Midnight Syndicate. It's the song Beyond the Veil of Time. It's from their album Monsters of Legend. They gave us permission to use this music and the rest of their music on this episode of Monster Kid Radio as we honor Christopher Lee. We lost Christopher Lee last week, and in most ways, he was our last icon of the golden age of horror. So I wanted to change things up a little bit here on my podcast and allow you an opportunity to honor Christopher Lee, maybe say a few words, that sort of thing. I put the call out last week on the podcast, as well as on Facebook, sent an email to some previous guests of Monster Kid Radio, and invited people to send a recording or a voicemail in for us to play on this show. This is going to be a longer than normal episode of Monster Kid Radio because we got a lot of tributes and comments about Christopher Lee. Once we kick it off, I don't want to interrupt it with the business of Monster Kid Radio, so let's get that out of the way real quick. MonsterKidRadio.net is where you're going to find everything you need to know about Monster Kid Radio between episodes. Here you're going to find links to everything we have going on, links to every song that's ever appeared here on the podcast, a link to our Patreon page where you can support the show, a link to our Facebook group where people are having conversations right now as we speak, well, okay, as I'm recording, about Christopher Lee and other monster movies. So the Facebook group is where the conversations happen. We also have a Facebook page that you can like. We have a link to our Live 365 internet radio station where you can listen to music and sounds from classic monster movies. And of course, you can find our contact information here as well. Our email address is monsterkidradio at gmail.com. And our voicemail line is 503-479-5657. That's 503-479-5MKR. Over on the right side of the page, you'll see something called the Monster Rally Checkpoint. You can subscribe to our monthly e-newsletter here by entering your email address and hitting subscribe. Now, when I was sick last week, we postponed Monster Kid Radio's announcement of the Monster Rally Retro Award. So the rallies, we're going to be doing that probably at the beginning of July. So stay tuned for that. That's coming. Also, to give you a look ahead at what's happening at Monster Kid Radio next episode on Thursday, it's the third Thursday of the month, which means it's Cthulhu Thursday here on Monster Kid Radio. Larry Underwood, a.k.a. Dr. Gang Green, will be joining me to talk about the Vincent Price, Roger Corman film, The Haunted Palace, as well as the short story, The Case of Charles Dexter Ward by H.P. Lovecraft, the story that inspired The Haunted Palace, despite the fact that The Haunted Palace was billed as an Edgar Allan Poe film. You'll have to come back in a couple of days for episode 210 for that. Before we get into the tributes, first of all, I want to say big thanks to Roger Cook. He allowed us to use his artwork once again here on Monster Kid Radio, and I thought the portrait that he did of Christopher Lee as Rasputin the Mad Monk was especially appropriate, because one, Christopher Lee, and two, the other podcast that I co-produce with Casey Criswell and Scott Morris, we're covering Rasputin the Mad Monk on that show, again, in honor of Christopher Lee. That's coming out at the end of June. Casey Criswell is hard at work on editing that episode right now. I'm going to go ahead and play the trailer for Rasputin the Mad Monk, and we're going to go ahead and get into the tributes. And I tried to break the tributes up a little bit by including monster movie trailers featuring Christopher Lee between a few here and there. So you're going to hear some trailers, you're going to hear a number of call-ins and MP3s that were sent in 
first you're going to hear me chatting with Larry a little bit about Christopher Lee. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for downloading the show. I'll talk to you here at the end of the episode. You will go away and destroy yourself. Krikori, no! Here is the amazing true story of the man whose evil genius still fascinates the entire world. You're very beautiful, little Sonia. Rasputin, the mad monk, history's man of mystery. I woke up the morning of the 11th the way I normally do any work day. My alarm clock went off more than once, and I finally rolled over to silence it as I didn't want to wake my wife. Since my alarm clock is also my smartphone, and it sometimes takes a few minutes for my joints to loosen up, I checked my email quickly and then checked out Facebook. Now, I sometimes think to myself that I wished I lived in a world in which there was nothing but classic film content in all of my social media outlets, all the blogs I follow, every podcast, every movie channel, all of it. So when I pulled up Facebook and saw a flood of Christopher Lee pictures on my friend's timelines, well, good morning, Mr. Lee. I smiled until I started reading the accompanying headlines with all of those pictures. Now, while he had more than earned a quiet retirement a long time ago, Christopher Lee continued to work and made his presence felt in films big and small. His filmography is staggeringly impressive. Reviewing his list of film titles makes me realize he was part of my movie memories even before I became a fan of monster movies, even if I didn't realize it at the time. Now, as a kid, I was a huge fan of Disney's Witch Mountain films, and he was one of the villains in one of them. Now, two supernatural thrillers from Walt Disney Productions. Come on! Runaways, find them! Those two kids are witches! Escape to Witch Mountain. Then, return from Witch Mountain. Tony and Tia battle in a deadly game of mind control. Two bewitching thrillers, rated G. I've told variations of this story before. I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies growing up. My household was a strict, no R-rated movies allowed home. I had to seek out my fantastical elsewhere. So things like Disney movies and various cartoons, like the animated feature that Lee lent his voice to in the 1982 The Last Unicorn, were in heavy rotation whenever I got to pick what to watch. Now, I discovered the classic monster movies in the children's section of the library. A near-complete run of the Crestwood House books introduced me to all the classics and taught me the stories of Dracula, Frankenstein, etc. Now, while the focus on most of these books was the universal horrors, I'm pretty sure the Hammer films at least got a mention here and there. I wish I had access to my copy of the Dracula edition on hand because I honestly can't remember if there was any talk of Christopher Lee as the Count in that particular book. What lives in this house? No one would want to live in Balpatar Manor. What stalks these halls? It's a cursed place. Yes, I saw the movie. What hides in these shadows? And who is playing that piano? <coughs> Welcome to the house of the long shadows. Home of mystery. <coughs> Suspense. And now the four masters of horror are moving in, Vincent Price. We came here this evening to unlock the final door to our destiny. Christopher Lee. It would seem, Mr. McGee, that we are imprisoned here. Peter Cushing. It is all I have ever known. Fear. John Carradine. Death is our only true destiny. Joined by Desi Arnaz. You ain't seen nothing yet. House of the Long Shadows. (laughs) 
the murderously funny mystery with a twist. Yes, I see what you mean. House of the Long Shadows. Vincent Price, that's me. Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, John Carradine, and Desi Arnaz. In a Golan Globus production of a Pete Walker film. House of the Long Shadows. Before being properly introduced to the wonders of Christopher Lee and company, I stumbled across the 1983 film House of Long Shadows on TV one afternoon. All I retained from that viewing was the twist ending, and would later realize that I had seen a film with four horror icons and Desi Arnaz Jr. Once I was aware of that, while I was slaving away at a video rental store in the early 90s, I took the movie home one night and enjoyed it quite a bit, even with Arnaz. Now, it was through that video rental store that I finally discovered Hammer Films, but not because we actually had many of their films on the shelf. By that time, I'd seen all the Universal films, or at least most of them, but my experience with classic horror at that point ended with the Creature from the Black Lagoon movies. One weekend, the store was running some sort of promotion or event, I don't remember the specifics, but we had a local radio station involved. I wish I could remember the name of the DJ they sent out because I owe that man a great debt. We were chatting. He found out I liked horror movies because by that point in my life, I'd more than made up for the lost horror time of my childhood by buying and renting everything I could get my hands on. And he asked me about Hammer. Now, I knew what Hammer was, but I wasn't overly familiar with the studio at the time. I knew Peter Cushing from Star Wars because really what boy who grew up in the 70s and 80s didn't know Star Wars. But that was about it. Well, he went home and when he came back, he had brought a handful of beat-up VHS tapes with him. In the SLP speed, remember that? He had crammed recordings of every Hammer, Frankenstein, and Dracula film in order. Now, he loaned them to me, and over the course of a few days, I binge-watched these films. I know it sounds hyperbolic when I say it out loud, but those tapes changed my life. They introduced me proper to Hammer Films, Peter Cushing, and Christopher Lee. Now, the tapes that he lent me didn't have any of the other Hammer films on them, but after all the Frankenstein and Dracula films, I was hooked, and a big part of that had to do with Sir Lee. As an aside, it did occur to me that I had seen Christopher Lee at the movies beforehand. I did see Gremlins 2, the new batch, but the Lee connection in that film just didn't sink in at the time. All right, back to that Hammer binge fest. Did I seek out more of Lee's films after I made my way through those tapes? Sure. Maybe more passively than I'm proud to admit, because even though I was able to call myself a Hammer fan back then, I was still floundering in the then-current horror pool, trying to find my own identity as a horror fan. I did always enjoy it when I found Christopher Lee in a movie, though, and I'm positive that when I finally found what I'm calling my true path as a monster kid, Christopher Lee was among the other greats to welcome me home. For two million years in these subterranean caves, a creature of superhuman evil was entombed in a wall of ice, waiting to be free, waiting to live again. Travel with us on a journey into a world where nightmare becomes reality. Two million years ago. Got out of that crate, killed the baggage man, and put him in there. Yes, I am. It's alive. It must be. Travel with us, if you dare, on the Horror Express.
search the train and find it, whatever it is, and destroy it. But if it's alive... I want this kept quiet. I don't want to panic the passengers. The malignant power of this creature is indestructible, transferring its force from mind to mind, from body to body. is not dead. I put four bullets into him. You think evil can be killed with bullets? Satan leaves. The animal that you shot was only the host. It's alive in someone on this train. You saw his eyes. One look at them and you're dead. Anything that moves near that door, kill it. Run. Run for your life. Hide, but you can't escape. No one can stop the fury and the terror of the Horror Express. no doubt that Christopher Lee played a wonderful villain. I have a lot of allegiance to Bela Lugosi, and I've never really tried to decide who I thought made the better Count Dracula, Lugosi or Lee, because I think secretly I feared that I'd be letting Lugosi down by choosing Christopher Lee. He's got a raw, charismatic magnetism that demands and commands you to watch him while fearing what he's about to make you watch him do. Dracula, Fu Manchu, Francisco Scaramanga, Saruman, Alan Driscoll. There are so many villainous characters in his filmography, but In recent years, I find myself drifting more toward movies in which he's a good guy. Well, relatively speaking, he may not be the most warm and cuddly character in something like Horror Express, but knowing that we have someone like Christopher Lee fighting against the evil threatening us is terrifyingly reassuring. I mean, how bad does it have to get for this guy to be the one we turn to? I suppose that makes some of these movies extra terrifying, because if there's something on a train that can cause Professor Sir Alexander Saxton to break into a sweat... We know whatever's coming is bad news. If there's a demonic force out there that causes Duke de Richelieu to worry, we should all worry. Now, Charlemagne wasn't just the name of Christopher Lee's heavy metal music label. Perhaps inspired by his distant relation to the former King of the Franks, he used the name when he started a film production company in the early 1970s. I think we all know that Christopher Lee was a very literate man. He was very familiar with the Bram Stoker text of Dracula, so much so that he kept trying to sneak actual lines of Dracula dialogue into his Dracula films. He memorized whole swaths of dialogue from the Lord of the Rings novels and was able to recite one of Gandalf's speeches to Sir Ian McClellan over a meal during production of those films. He brought Dennis Wheatley to hammer for The Devil Rides Out. The man could not have spoken the way he spoke or wrote the way he wrote without having quite a bit of experience with words, and he turned to another novel for the 1973 film Nothing But the Night. Now, based on the novel of the same name by author John Blackburn, Nothing But the Night gave Christopher Lee the chance to play Police Colonel Charles Bingham, a man who finds himself investigating the sudden rash of deaths of the trustees of an orphanage. And it's frightening. It's a mystery, a thriller, and the final shots are straight-up nightmare fuel. While the banter between Lee and Peter Cushing is delicious in Horror Express, in Nothing But the Night, 
They play old friends, both working to discover what or who was killing people. It's a fascinating film. And apparently this Colonel Bingham character turned up in other John Blackburn novels. In fact, when Lee and company set about making this film, they acquired the rights to three of his books. Unfortunately, Nothing But The Night didn't do very well at the box office, and that was that. However, the movie's on DVD, so it's as if Christopher Lee has left us this hidden gem of a gift. I oftentimes make comments on Monster Kid Radio about how lucky we are to live in a day and age of movies being readily available through streaming channels, special editions of classic monster movies getting the Blu-ray treatment, and so on. And I feel this even more strongly now, because while Christopher Lee the man is no longer with us, Christopher Lee the icon is still here, on my DVD shelf, or queued up on my Netflix or Amazon Prime account. Horror hosts are still putting out editions of his movies, which is how I finally saw Horror Hotel for the first time earlier this year, thanks to the Midnight Mausoleum Girls. His legacy exists in digital bits and bytes and spools of magnetic tape in an archive somewhere. Turner Classic Movies is running a Lee Marathon next week, and Warner Brothers announced that they were bumping up production of a four-movie Hammer Blu-ray set featuring three of the man's movies in honor of Christopher Lee. The opportunity for us all to honor, perhaps the blast connection we all have to the golden age of horror, is always upon us now. With a career spanning over 200 films in so many disparate genres, there are bound to be Christopher Lee films out there that you have not seen. Hold on to your favorites, but try looking up some of his other movies, too. You know, I've never seen the three, or is it four, Musketeers films, and only recently did I start his Fu Manchu movies. To oversimplify it, it's almost like there are new Christopher Lee films coming out for us to enjoy. He lived one amazing life, and that he shared just a bit of it through his film work was incredibly gracious. Sir Christopher Lee, thank you. Faces of innocence, happy and carefree, but beneath the sound of children singing, there is a hum of evil. Filling their days with the terror of the night. A coachload of children. I can't believe that. Children were incidental. What? They were accompanied by three illustrious and very rich trustees of the Van Traylon Trust. The nature of the killing points to one thing. Ritual murder. I want you to tell me about the fire. No. Don't talk about it, please. Try to remember. What happened? It was so cool at first, but the fire came faster and faster. give my life for it. But if you're lying to me, if this is some kind of trick... The Masters of Suspense, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, unravel a web of mystery that reaches out from the confines of a hospital to a bleak island off the coast of Scotland. Is Mary Valley well protected? Colonel Bingham has made adequate security arrangements. But he can't protect her from the nightmares in her mind. Inspector? Organize local volunteers for a search. I want every inch of this island searched before nightfall. Is it a mother's love 
or a thirst for revenge that drives her to this island. To be hunted like an animal. While the children play, disaster chills the day. And the night explodes with danger. You know, I'm recording with Larry Underwood, Dr. Gangrene, for an upcoming episode. Uh, this upcoming Thursday, actually, you're going to hear him on the show. But since I had him on mic, I thought it'd be interesting, or at least I wanted to give him a chance to talk about Christopher Lee, because as a horror host, I'm sure you've had a lot of experience with his films. Oh, yeah. I love Christopher Lee. When I started doing my show back in 99, one of the first things we did was pay tribute to all the classic horror iconic actors. And of course, the first one I did was Vincent Price. But the last one I did, I saved for last, was Christopher Lee, because I've always been a big fan of Chris's stuff. And mm-hmm. it's just so iconic, you know, the the presence, the physical force that he is on screen and that voice, all those guys, that's the thing about them. They all had that voice. And boy, Christopher Lee's is just instantly recognizable. And terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> when he tells you to do something, when he tells another character to do something on screen as an audience member, you're like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, no kidding. And it's been really, really heartwarming to see all the tributes and hear all the tributes uh, that people have made for him over the last you know, a few days since his passing was announced. And uh, it's been a week now since he passed away officially, but he will definitely be missed in horror genres for sure. He was one of the last, if not the last, of the golden age of horror connections for mm-hmm. monster kids today, I think. I think so too. I've talked about this already on this episode of MKR about my background with Christopher Lee. What was the first Christopher Lee film you saw? It would probably be one of the Hammer Draculas, I would think. It was certainly... Early second, remember. I don't remember a specific film, but I would say probably one of those movies. Do you have a particular favorite or two? If I were to pick a favorite Christopher Lee movie, I would probably go with Wicker Man or Horror Hotel. This is Whitewood, Massachusetts. A young girl, a stranger has come to Whitewood to do research. She has come, she thinks, to study. Leave Whitewood. Leave Whitewood tonight, I beg of you. Leave before it is too late. In spite of this warning, the girl lingers on. The guests are over 300 years old. Human blood keeps them alive forever. Hello. 
Uh, which are kind of similar movies in a way, actually. I like, of course, The Skull that we talked about here on Monster Kid Radio. Mm -hmm. And then The Curse of Frankenstein. I really like Curse of Frankenstein. And and, uh, Horror of Dracula. Really, all those Dracula movies are solid, you know, Mm -hmm. but... Probably that first one, I would think, is my favorite. It's clearly the best. I mean, I have a soft spot for AD 1972 and Satanic Rites. I mean, I know they're I do not too. great, but I still love them. What's the one where hang the guy upside down and slit his throat? Oh, you know, I always kind of taste the blood. It might be Taste the Blood or Scars. That's a pretty amazing scene. Yeah. Well, everything that he did, he really brought a, a certain presence and a gravitas to the character, whether he was speaking and you know, the Dracula films, except for Prince of Darkness, or not, like in The Mummy or Curse of Frankenstein. I mean, Mm -hmm. the man had a presence, and there's nobody like him. I mean, there's nobody to replace him. No, no, he's irreplaceable. But I forgot about that Mummy movie. That is so good. I got to host that one time live in a park. So we live hosted that. It was the first first live movie that we did in the park there. Uh, We did it for mm, four or five years no, that was the second one. I take that back. The first, first year was um, we showed a copy of Phantom of the Opera that I, I used to have a 16 millimeter print of that. And we showed that the first year, but the next year was the mummy. It was a hammer mummy. Egypt, 4,000 years ago, a land of strange rituals and savage cruelty. Many of their secrets are still hidden from the eyes of 20th century man. Secrets that protect their dead. Supernatural powers that once released can live again in our modern world. The Mummy, the Living Dead, bringing terror and death across 4,000 years. He was a high priest of the great god Karnak until one night he attempted the ultimate in blasphemy. He was condemned to guard forever the princess he had loved and protect her from intruders. Go now. Go and destroy those who desecrated the tomb of our princess. He who robs the graves of Egypt dies. who robs the graves of Egypt dies. pretty cool now you are a huge vincent price fan you do the fantastic films of vincent price and i think people know that christopher lee and vincent price were friends they performed together a couple of times but the only one i'm remembering off the top of my head was house of long shadows did they do any other films together were they were both in scream and scream again i think oh weren't they? okay i think so yeah, yeah yeah but you know christopher lee had connections to vincent price he had connections to karloff uh, he had connections to well obviously peter cushing 
And I mentioned this on the recording of 1951 Down Place that people are going to hear at the end of the month. The website Blaster likened the friendship between Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing to the modern-day bromance between Sir Ian McKellen and Sir Patrick Stewart. If they had social media back then, Christopher Lee and uh, Peter Cushing would have been posting you know them doing the Looney Tunes voices on YouTube. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. No, I, th- I think that's a very good comparison. Very apt. I like yeah. that. Very respectable uh, actor that will be missed. Is there anything else you'd like to say about Christopher Lee? Horror Hotel is absolutely one of the finest movies that I've been proud to show. I uh, was very happy with that one. And uh, the other one that Christopher Lee movie that I got the privilege to show was uh, The House That Dripped Blood. This house is full of sounds. The loudest is your heart pounding in the night. The softest is the sound of terror. In this house, terror waits for you in every room. Where are they? Vixens and victims. You'll find them all in the house that dripped blood. blood, blood, blood. Ooh, that's right. That one was kind of funny because I told my producer at the time, the uh, station manager, I said, we've got birthdays of Christopher Lee and Vincent Price coming up and Peter Cushing. And if you can find a way to find one of these movies, and I gave him a couple of movies and the house that dripped blood was one that was on my list. I said, you know, I would love to show this. Well, sure enough, it turned up. In his list of movies that they were getting, he, he called me and said, hey, I got that movie. I went, what movie? House That Drip Blood? I said, you, really? So we got to show that one. It was, it was great. That's fantastic. Did you ever get a chance to host uh, Dr. Terror's House of Horrors? No, I would love to show that. That's uh, another one of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, that one's so good. Yeah, that, that would have to go in my top 10. I need to make a top 10 Christopher Lee video. I really should. Uh, it would be tough, but. It's a good idea. I, I think maybe I'll do something, too. We'll compare notes afterwards. There we go. There we go. Yeah, sounds good. Hey, well, thanks for sharing your thoughts and memories of Christopher Lee. I appreciate it all. Uh, One of the best, man. Oh, definitely. And I'm sure the listeners appreciate it as well. Thanks, Larry. Glad to do it. for 200 years that creeps its way back to terrorize the living. The terrifying horror of a dreaded man called Dr. Terror who, with his deck of mystic cards, could foretell destiny. Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. This is Ed Douglas from Midnight Syndicate. Christopher Lee, certainly one of my favorite actors of all time, but beyond that, his work 
that he did with Hammer Films and beyond uh, really constitutes a lot of the building blocks for Midnight Syndicate and what we do in the band. When I look back at the Monsters of Legends CD in particular, uh, I don't think there's a single song that I wrote personally for that album where Mr. Lee and the films he was in didn't inspire or influence me creatively throughout the process. So just for one man to have that large of an impact on so many artists is really amazing, and uh, we were lucky to have him. Hi, Derek. This is Chris Franklin from the Supermates Podcast. I'd like to thank you for the opportunity to share some thoughts on the passing of Sir Christopher Lee. I was very sad to hear of his passing, despite his long life. I really feel with his departure, we are left without a living horror icon. He was the last of his breed, preceded, of course, by his contemporary Vincent Price and his dear friend Peter Cushing. I can't think of anyone living who now carries on the legacy of such actors as the Cheneys, Karloff, and Lugosi. And speaking of Lugosi, despite my tremendous admiration of him and his iconic portrayal of Dracula, on most days, I prefer Lee's take. Lee's Dracula was pure evil. Sure, he had a sexual charge about him, but he was able to play the character the way Stoker wrote him, despite story elements to the contrary in most films. I don't think any screen Dracula has been more frightening than when Lee first bears his bloody fangs and red eyes in the horror of Dracula. All the makeup and CGI on Earth can't replace his commanding presence and just fine acting. Even with few to no lines, Lee dominated the screen as that character. For most actors, that iconic role would have been enough, but Lee was so much more than a cape and a pair of fangs. His genre credits alone are nearly unequal. James Bond, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. Lee elevated every project he was in by his sheer presence and work ethic. Besides losing an iconic actor, we've also lost a man of the world who served in the British SAS, who was fluent in seven languages, and was by all accounts a great gentleman. Even without his cinematic history, such a loss would be a great one. Thanks again for the opportunity, Derek, and for Monster Kid Radio in general. And thank you, Mr. Lee, for your legacy, which will live on far beyond you. Slowly, relentlessly, destiny ticks off the terrifying minutes of anguish that freeze the blood. castle of the living dead. In an atmosphere of horror, the story of a man who violates the forbidden frontiers of science to arrive at a frightful but lucid madness and atrocious inhuman crime. Starring the unforgettable creator of Dracula, Christopher Lee, in a new triumphant performance, breathtaking as never before, Sadistic and pitiless, subtle and monstrous.
is a film with a thrill a minute. It will hold you spellbound with its unexpected shocking surprises in which tragic reality and unearthly fantasy blend in an atmosphere of horror and suspense. This is Frank Delastrito calling in with a few memories of Christopher Lee. The first time I saw Christopher Lee, I was eight years old at a Saturday matinee in Kearney, New Jersey, and it was the coming attraction for horror of Dracula, and I have rarely been so terrified as I was watching that three minutes of coming attraction for Dracula. And... I didn't have to worry about the movie because the movie never played at the matinees and going to the movies in the evening was beyond me at the time. And Hammer Films never came to my Saturday matinees, so I, did, I didn't grow up with Christopher Lee. I grew up with uh, the schlock movies that came, uh, the schlock horror and science fiction and what, what, what was ever on television, but not Christopher Lee, not Vincent Price. So through the years, I went quite a while before I saw Christopher Lee as Dracula. I saw him in his the movies that came to television, Scream of Fear, Carters of Blood, Horror Hotel. Uh, he was on an Alfred Hitchcock segment, and I saw those and, and quite a few other Christopher Lee movies before I ever saw him as Dracula. And that didn't happen till his Dracula surge began in the mid-1960s when he was making almost a, a Dracula movie every year. And I finally got to see Horror of Dracula at about age 18 on a 42nd Street theater in New York City. You know, the movie had been out 10 years now, so it was, it was hardly a first-run theater. And I was, I was just mesmerized by that movie. And what really struck me is that this was not the Christopher Lee I thought I knew, because I had, his, his performances are so much different in other movies. You know, we often talk about people being stereotyped, particularly Lugosi. They couldn't get out of their roles. But but I think that people that think of um, Christopher Lee as Dracula are only seeing a small portion of the man. And I'm, I'm glad he lived long enough to get into a whole different class of roles in his later, later roles with the Peter Jackson movies, the Tim Burton movies, the Star Wars movies. And I think he finally got to loosen up as an actor a bit, and I, I'm so glad that happened. So anyway, fond memories of Christopher Lee, and all the best to Monster Kid Radio. Hi, Derek. Alan Trump here from St. Louis. Hope all is going well. Just wanted to add my thoughts on the unfortunate passing of Christopher Lee, of course, recently. Wow, what a tremendous loss to the horror film community. We'll never see his like again. Just a couple films that, that I really liked of his that mean a lot to me that possibly are underrated by some folks is, of course, I think it was like 1960s Horror Hotel or City of the Dead, in which he plays the sinister Alan Driscoll, who masquerades as a college professor for this really an, a undead satanic cult uh, member who's trying to keep this witchcraft group together around surviving for centuries on human blood in New England. And also the very goofy Italian comedy Uncle Was a Vampire, in which he plays a down-out-of-luck vampire whose castle burns down, so he has to go room with his nephew, who's, who his castle got foreclosed by the Italian government. 
So somewhere along the way, Dracula and his nephew are chasing uh, chasing women all around. And nephew gets converted into a vampire, and he's about as half as tall as Christopher Lee. So that's a pretty funny thing to see. I would call it a hysterical movie. I would call it a very scary movie, but I would call it a very charming film. And it's great to see Lee in, in top form as another vampire. Um, and of course, one thing that's got a little bit of attention, but I always liked as well, was seeing Christopher Lee on his Saturday Night Live in which she played Mr. Death and came to apologize to Lorraine Newman for killing her pet dog. And once she finds out who he is, he keeps after him to find out, well, when am I going to die? When am I going to die? And he's like, I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that. But finally, she gets so widely about it, keeps after her. He finally says, I'll come for you on your 16th birthday. And then he says, "Uh, just kidding. So what a terrific guy. We've lost him, but I know that the horror pantheon of Karloff and Lugosi and Peter Cushing have welcomed him into their fold, and uh, uh, they're in his embrace now. What a what a better group of guys to be with. I can't imagine. Uh, anyway, hope everything's going good. Like I said, have a great show, and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Hi, Derek. My name is Joe Musinski. I'm a big fan of MKR's coverage of classic genre cinema, so I wanted to contribute to the tribute about a true classic, Christopher Lee. He should probably be canonized a patron saint of MKR. His portrayal of Count Dracula is truly iconic for the world, almost perhaps in a greater visual sense than even Bella at this point. The world knows Sir Christopher Lee for his role as Dracula. But Christopher Lee was such an intelligent and dedicated actor that he was able to overcome the typical casting stereotypes and did so much more. If you watch any interview with him, you'll see his knowledge of the film industry. What impresses me is that he never looks down on the genre films. He took each job seriously and cared as long as everyone else cared about also telling a good story. One of my favorite films is City of the Dead, also known as Horror Hotel, a great black and white film. I think uh, a good example of folk horror with cult overtones. And the film doesn't really need Christopher Lee. His role is small. But his presence takes a cool film, what I consider a great film even, and raises it to classic status. At 93, It's hard to mourn the life of Christopher Lee. It's much easier to celebrate it. A horror classic, an intelligent and funny man, an actor for the ages. This is the story of Dracula, a creature who destroys all whom he touches. Dracula the terrifying, the feared, who sleeps in the tombs of the dead by day and arises at night to inflict his terror upon the innocent and the unsuspecting. You must help me. You must. You're my only hope. You must. I'll help you. I promise. Please try and understand. 
This is not Lucy, the sister you loved. It's only a shell, possessed and corrupted by the evil of Dracula. How do you destroy a fiend who has so far proven himself indestructible? Those who come to end his reign of terror stay to become his victims. Castle Dracula is summoned here in Klausenburg. Will you tell me how I get there? You ordered a meal, sir. As an innkeeper, it's my duty to serve you. When you've eaten, I ask you to go and leave us in peace. This is the doctor who dares to challenge the vampire Dracula. This is the anguished man who fears for the lives of his beloved, the girl who is his sister, and the one that is his wife. Dracula, the bedeviled master of all that is evil. Hey Monster Kid Radio listeners, this is Chris McMillan from The Shadow Over Portland calling in with some thoughts about Christopher Lee's passing. To be honest, I came late to Christopher Lee's filmography. My parents weren't very interested in horror films, and as we only had one family TV and no others, I was often outvoted as to what we were going to watch. It wasn't until I moved up to Portland when I got my own TV that I actually had a chance to see some of Lee's work, even though it was... Not very frequently here, but still, I was mesmerized by this actor whose roles, whose performances I already had read about through Famous Monsters of Filmland and classic monster magazines. I knew everything about his performances. I'd seen so many stills of him, and yet to see him finally on the little screen, of course, it was amazing. He was everything the articles proclaimed and more. He was amazing. He was mesmerizing. Sure, he played good guys in a few movies, but he was so good as a villain. Even if it was in an action film like The Man with the Golden Gun, he just took over the scene. He was imposing. He was fierce. You really get the feeling that he could be a very bad person to meet. I could gush on about Christopher Lee for hours, but... I'm not going to, because we all knew what he meant to us. And we all have our own feelings of loss and sorrow that he won't be in another movie. But, you know, I'm not going to mourn his passing. He lived a full life, a rich life, and a pretty adventurous one, let's be honest. I mean, he was hunting... Nazi war criminals in World War II. He did over 250 movies. He, last year, released a heavy metal album. I mean, the man lived a great life. And while I'm sorry to see him go, I'm glad he's going to get a rest. He obviously deserves, because he's been real busy down here. So, farewell, Sir Christopher Lee. You'll be missed never forgotten. This is Chris McMillan from The Shadow Over Portland, signing out. Hello, Derek. 
This is Dennis Vincent. I was sad to hear about the passing of Christopher Lee last week. Um, I know he was, uh, he was like the last great actors to portray many of the classic uh, movie monsters. And uh, I had the good fortune of having him appear in my first documentary. Um, even though I haven't seen all of his movies, uh, the ones for me that really stand out uh, that I like a lot are uh, City of the Dead, or as, as it's known here in the United States, Horror Hotel, and uh, Horror of Dracula, Horror Express, Dracula Has Risen from the Grave, um, let me see, The Hounds of the Baskervilles, Count Dracula, and The Devil Rides Out. So even though Christopher Lee may no longer be with us anymore, um, he still lives on in the movies uh, that made us all monster kids. Hello, my name is David Agronoff. I'm author of The Vegan Revolution with Zombies, Hunting the Moon Tribe, and Boot Boys of the Wolf Reich. Um, very honored to be asked by Derek to uh, come on Monster Kid Radio and talk about uh, Sir Christopher Lee and his impact that he had on me personally um, as an artist and just as a horror and monster movie fan. Um, <clears throat> Christopher Lee is definitely one of the most influential actors that uh, you know I ever encountered. Um, my introduction to Christopher Lee was definitely Man with a Golden Gun, uh, the James Bond movie. It's definitely the first time I saw Christopher Lee, and he's certainly stood out as one of the best Bond villains, and that's really saying something when you have you know 30-plus movies, uh, action movies, with tons of amazing villains. You know, for Christopher Lee to stand out, that really meant something. Um, but then, you know, his hugest impact on me came, um, and I know I talked about this when I was on Monster Kid Radio before, but I grew up in Indiana, and we had a horror host named Sammy Terry. And uh, Sammy Terry, you know, talked to a spider, introduced horror movies, and he showed lots of Hammer movies. That meant lots of Christopher Lee movies. And specifically... Dracula has risen from the grave and the horror of Dracula were two that I taped on Betamax off of Sammy Terry. And so, you know, Dracula's risen from the grave, for example, had that scene where he's racing through the woods on the carriage and that just terrified me as a, as a kid. But, you know, Christopher Lee brought an intelligence and a depth to the characters that he played. Those movies were hugely influential on my first novel, Hunting the Moon Tribe, which came out from a little Otech press. And, you know, Hunting the Moon Tribe was a uh, kung fu horror movie crossover with, you know, vampires and such. And part of it was that, you know, I had all these Christopher Lee Hammer movies taped on Betamax on Sammy Terry. And then at 1 o'clock in the morning, they had Black Belt Theater on afterwards. And so I had all these double features like uh, Dracula's Risen from the Grave and Clan of the White Lotus and uh, Horror of Dracula and Chinese Super Ninjas. And, you know, that combo is really what inspired my novel. Uh, so, you know, I really owe a, a debt of gratitude to uh, Christopher Lee because I think his powerful performance is one of the reasons why I got hooked on horror movies. So thank you, Christopher Lee, and thank you, Monster Kid Radio, for talking about the good old stuff. 
What happens when Dracula has a son? What happens is one of the zaniest, funniest, craziest films of the year. Christopher Lee is back in Dracula and Son. It's all you ever wanted to know about vampires, but were afraid to ask. Don't miss the boys from Transylvania. Dracula and Son. It will bite you in the funny bottom. Rated AB positive, RH negative, and PG. Yeah, hi. Hey, Derek. This is Toppy Smelly. Wanted to call in about Christopher Lee. For me... I saw so much of what he did on television, you know, whenever it came on some time when maybe there was even a horror host or whatever, and I would see an edited version, you know, probably, of a Christopher Lee Dracula movie where he was up against Peter Cushing or whatever. And uh, I loved it. You know, the hammer stuff, you, you gotta love it. And all I can think of is there was a movie that he appeared in, and it was Airport 77. It was the airplane that went underwater, and everybody was underwater. And Christopher Lee and Jack Lemmon dared to leave uh, the, the plane and float to the surface. Christopher Lee didn't make it. But anyways, that was the one movie that, I think the only movie that I went to a theater to see him, and he was there. I loved his stuff, and loved his mark on horror movies, and thanks for showcasing Christopher Lee. Bye-bye. Hello there, this is Joe from Pennsylvania. Just thought I'd call. I know the news came out earlier, but I just heard it. Sad news of the passing of Christopher Lee. I mean, this is really a shame, but you know what? Him, the guy had a career, you know? And versatile actors like him are a rarity. The Hammer films, I know you're a big Hammer films fan. I always loved his Dracula. Always, because he was evil, and, and he pulled that off with with the way he played that character, and he had that whole kind of sexual thing going on as Dracula, and he didn't have to speak a word, and he was good. His Dracula was always my favorite. One of my favorites. Uh, maybe even, you know, he did the Hammer Horror movie, did Frankenstein, maybe a little typecast, maybe. But you know what? Younger guys know who Christopher Lee is too, man. Count Dooku from the Star Wars series, Saruman from Lord of the Rings. I mean, this guy was versatile, and he will be missed. You know, another, another great performance of his was Scottmonger and The Man with the Golden Gun. This was a versatile, well-rounded actor with a career that I can only imagine most actors would love to have. And it is, it's sad that he's passed, but man, I'm going to celebrate this guy by watching a whole bunch of Christopher Lee movies this weekend. and watch a bunch of Draculas, may even throw in one of the Star Wars films that he was in. But it is sad that he has passed, but to a career well done for this guy. A well done career. It's really sad, but, you know, at the same time, I'm happy that he was had such a career that we can enjoy forever. You know, he played so many characters in so many movies, we can enjoy that forever. So I'm sure a lot of the other fans have a lot to say about the passing of Christopher Lee, but I just wanted to put in my two cents. 
and uh, I'm sure you'll be mentioned on an upcoming show. Bye. Hey, Derek, this is Jeff Punkrock Martin from the Joy Cinema and Pub. Hey, I'm taking you up on your invitation to um, say a few words about the great Christopher Lee. Wow, I'm not going to be able to speak about his career, about him as well as you and, and a lot of your friends can, but I can tell you why Christopher Lee is so, so near and dear to my heart. Let me see, Christopher Lee is in, was in probably, I believe, the very first movie I ever saw, which was Dracula, Prince of Darkness. Now, I was about four years old, and my parents rounded us up and herded us into our station wagon and took us out to the Redwood Drive-In it's in Grants Pass, Oregon, and we saw Dracula, Prince of Darkness. I believe with all my heart that they thought that four-year-olds would fall asleep at a drive-in, or four-year-olds were supposed to fall asleep at a drive-in, but I did not. Um, I stayed awake through the whole movie, and it made a huge impression on me. Christopher Lee is the first actor I ever knew by name because my mom told me at some point during the movie, that's Christopher Lee. And I love the scene really early on. I haven't seen this in years now, but where uh, the disciple of Dracula slashes a guy's throat, I believe, over the the ashen remains or, or the ashy remains of Count Dracula to bring him back to life. And as a kid, that didn't, I was so young, it didn't scare me at all. It's just, I just thought it was cool. I, I was also so young when I saw this movie at the drive-in, I didn't even have any idea how movies worked. I had no clue. I thought that I was seeing a play. I thought that the people were actually there up on some kind of a stage, and there was like a giant magnifying glass or something that was employed whenever you saw a close-up. I didn't, I didn't get how that worked. But anyway, I was too young to know how movies worked, but my parents still, <laughs> still took me to see Dracula, Prince of Darkness, and it stuck with me forever. And the added bonus on that uh, in that night was uh, the, the other film in the bill was Island of Terror, which starred Peter Cushing. Christopher Lee started so many other movies that I love and that I know your listeners love and, and probably know a whole lot better than I do. But two that I want to call out are Serial, sorry, Martin Mull and Tuesday Weld, which was not a horror film at all. It was a comedy. And I love that movie. Uh, Christopher Lee plays a, a, a corporate executive with a secret and I also happen to have loved Christopher Lee in Hugo. I thought that was a great, great role for him. Man, such a great movie. And I love movies about movies, which that really was, I thought. And that's why I thought he was cast in it, at least in part, because, you know, the moment you see him, it's like he's so iconic. You're like, oh, my God, it's Christopher Lee. That's Dracula. It's, it, it sort of takes you out of the movie, but in just the right way. So, anyway, uh, hats off to Christopher Lee, and, and thanks to Christopher Lee so, for so many years of entertainment and, and making so many great movies. And... Derek, thanks to you, you rule, and Monster Kid Radio is so much appreciated, and um, and as a fellow geek, I, I just can't say enough about it. The first night in the age of horror. Very well. I pleaded with you to let me leave in peace. You refused. Now, Raven had diabolical chills to the story of a man who made the trip to the other world once too often. 
Mr. Blake. Now for him, Earth is nothing more than a terror stop somewhere between hell and the other world. Recommended only if your veins can stand the cold torment of evil. Not storybook evil, but the evil you may face this very night. I, Monster. The other you. I, Monster. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. another great one from my monster kid past. What can I say about Christopher Lee that hasn't already been said? Well, Christopher Lee was Boris Karloff, Bela Lugosi, Basil Rathbone, in fact, all the monsters of the past all rolled up into one incredible actor. He's played Frankenstein's monster, the Mummy, Fu Manchu, and of course, Count Dracula, as well as Count Doku, as well as a really obnoxious art critic who eventually goes blinded because he cut off the hand of an artist in the Dr. Terror's House of Horrors segment. He was truly a gentleman of the stage and film. Much like Karloff, much like Rathbone, much like his friend Peter Cushing, with whom he shared a friendship through many, many years, as not only friends, companions, but also apparently as Sylvester and Tweety Bird. These were truly great men. And now, in some ways, they are now part of the ages and now together. Whether you see him on the big screen, showing his face with a clanging gong for the first time as Frankenstein's monster in the curse of Frankenstein, or whether you see his head lopped off as Count Doku in the Star Wars trilogies, he was definitely a man of presence, a man who could take any role including the devil in an unsold pilot with Sammy Davis Jr. titled Poor Devil, that man could send chills down your spine. It's a pity that not a lot of you have saw that pilot because it was truly interesting, a part of television history that not many people know about. So yes, farewell, Sir Christopher Lee. You will truly, truly be missed by this monster kid. I am Dwight Kemper, master of mystery, and I bid you all good night. Hello, Derek. This is Richard, the Monster Movie Kid, over at monstermoviekid.wordpress.com. Wanting to call in with some quick thoughts on the passing of Sir Christopher Lee. 
You know, the news yesterday was like a swift kick in the gut. It wasn't necessarily unexpected, but still, it was one of those moments that I just didn't want to happen because his passing is truly closing the book on a chapter of horror film history. He was the last of the legends. We've lost all of the legends so many years ago. It's been, what, more than 20 years since we lost Vincent Price and Peter Cushing. He was the last man standing for so very long, and his his loss really does leave a, a huge gap in, in horror film history. Uh, and the wonderful thing is, of course, we have hundreds and hundreds of film and television appearances that we can continue to enjoy for years to come that really he's not gone. He's still with us. And that's why I choose to, rather than mourn his loss, I am choosing to celebrate his life. Ironically, in the month of May, I was going to do a month-long tribute over at the blog to a random selection of films from Christopher Lee and Vincent Price and Peter Cushing. But uh, that didn't happen. Uh, Real life intervened. Well, now that uh, kind of the dust is settling on my personal life, I have decided to dedicate the month of July to the films of Christopher Lee, or I should say a random selection of films. I'm going to be revisiting some of his classics, Curse of Frankenstein, Horror of Dracula the Mummy, but I'm also going to be enjoying some films for the first time, because I am still watching some of Christopher Lee's films for the very first time. Movies like The Man Who Could Cheat Death or Sherlock Holmes and the Deadly Necklace. I'm excited about seeing some new Christopher Lee. They've been on my list of films to watch for a while, and I decided now is the time to watch them. So that's going to be coming up in the month of July. I will be ending out that month-long tribute over at the blog by taking a look at House of Long Shadows from 1983, which was the only film that Vincent Price, Peter Cushing, and Christopher Lee did together. It's not a great film, but it is certainly historical for that fact. So I hope everyone joins with me and decides to celebrate the life of Sir Christopher Lee rather than to mourn his loss. I've been enjoying his film since the late 1970s. I think Space 1999 would have been the first time I've seen him. Or The Man with the Golden Gun. I know The Hound of the Baskervilles would have been my very first film. Superstation TBS played all those Hammer films all the time. That's where I would have seen him countless times as the monster or as Count Dracula. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to spending the month of July by taking a look at his wonderful films. Please take care, uh, and everyone at Monster Kid Radio and, and the family at large, uh, let's celebrate the life of Sir Christopher Lee, because I think that's the way he would have wanted it. Thank you, and take care. Dracula, Prince of Darkness, King of the Vampires. For ten years, his mortal remains were cherished by his faithful servant, awaiting the opportunity and a victim to provide the life force for the reincarnation of Dracula. A strange premonition warns the guests at Castle Dracula that their host is ready to receive them. I must kill him. He is already dead. He is undead, Mr. Kent. He can be destroyed, but not killed. You 
don't need, Charles. Hi, Derek. This is Jonathan Malcolm Lampley, author of Women in the Films of Vincent Price and co-author of the amazing colossal book of horror trivia, Calling. Like many of your listeners, I am very sad to hear of the passing of Sir Christopher Frank Carandini Lee at the age of 93 on June 7th. Lee truly was the last of the living horror legends. There's literally nobody like him on the face of the earth anymore. There are, of course, many fine actors who have been in classic horror films. There are many actors and actresses who are making good scary movies now, uh, as well as science fiction and fantasy films. Names like Helen Rickman and Hugo Weaving come to mind. They are very much in the mold of Christopher Lee, Vincent Price, Peter Cushing, and other Monster Kid favorites. None of them are known primarily for horror films, and nor would they want to be. Uh, typecasting was always something Lee and the others questioned, worried about, in some cases fought against particularly in Lee's case, where he made a concentrated effort to change the direction of his career and did so reasonably successfully. So I don't think we will ever see another true horror star uh, again. Uh, no actor wants to do just one type of film, and I don't think the movie business today lends itself to that sort of thing. For me... Christopher Lee will always be the John Gilgood of fantasy cinema, uh, a distinguished and respected actor who was sort of off the minds of a new generation until a late life, late career renaissance in the Star Wars and Lord of the Rings films, as well as Tim Burton productions. I'm so glad he had that terrific last act to his life and career, and I'm so glad he was with us as long as he was. Like Lugosi, Christopher Lee lives eternal. Hi, Derek. Monster Kid Radio, Monster Kid Radio listeners. This is Rick Myers of the Fumbling Forwards blog. Sir Christopher Lee and I have a long storied history. He scared the living with Jesus out of me till I was 13 or 14 with his version of Dracula. It is sad to lose someone I consider as one of the last of the classic horror greats. My fondest memories are discovering him in The Three Musketeers, Four Musketeers, and The Return of the Four Musketeers as Roquefort, and later as a Bond villain in The Man with the Golden Gun. He never disappointed, regardless of the quality of the production. He may have played the villain, but by all accounts, he was a hero behind the scenes. It is up to us as fans to make sure Sir Christopher Lee and many of the other classic horror greats are never forgotten. Thank you, Sir Christopher Lee, for all your work, and you will be missed. 
Man is an inquisitive creature, prodding and prying, that every secret nature has hidden from him, probing deep into the mind, scavenging for the secrets of the past, horrifying secrets best left buried forever. undisputed masters of the macabre. It would appear that your research is following similar lines to my own. Half-brothers, creating whole new heights in undiluted, flesh-creeping horror. What are those black cells? How do you isolate them? And what association do they have with insanity? You'd have to tell me, you know. You would be utterly ruined professionally if it were learnt that you had experimented on your own family. This is your mother's room. Why didn't you tell me about her? Why? You said she was dead. together to form the creeping flesh. also known as Dr. Dreck. The first time I saw Christopher Lee was in the Horror of Dracula in the 60s. At that time, undoubtedly cut for television. What scared me most about him was not the fangs of the bloody mouth, but those red eyes and the look he gave with them. After seeing him in other roles and reading interviews and such, Dracula wasn't as scary to me because I could see the man underneath and I felt like I knew him. 
But that first time, he really seemed like a demon from hell. He lived long enough for us to start taking him for granted that he'd be around forever, but mortality catches up with us all. He left a great legacy of performances behind, not only in horror, but in adventure, mystery, even comedy. He was our modern Dracula. Lugosi was our mythic one. Like all horror icons who have passed on, there is no one to replace him. Night of the Blood Monster. I sentence you to be hanged by the neck until you are dead. Caged women, pitting their men against heavy artillery and hired killers. Changing the day into a night of horror. Have the wench brought to me there. His victims know the taste, the smell, the tortures of Hades. Chained women, captives of pleasure, chattel. Abused, tortured, murdered. Night of the Blood Monster, rated PG. Hello, Derek and fellow monster kids. This is your friend Christopher Page from Orphan Entertainment. What can I say about the late Christopher Lee that has not already been said by many, many fans already? As I said on your Facebook group when the news was made public, his passing is one of those things that you know has to happen at some point, but it still knocks the wind out of your sails when it does. Lee was the last of the great gothic horror actors, preceded by the likes of Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. In his, um, how best to say this, his acting lineage can be traced back to the classic names of horror like Karloff, Lugosi, and Lon Chaney Jr. and Sr. Two things impressed me the most about Christopher Lee. One was simply his presence. Think about his many turns as Dracula. You could probably count on two hands how many lines he had in all the films combined. But his very presence in the role cements his place as one of the most connected actors to the part, second only to Lugosi and he managed to bring a certain sex appeal to the role that a Hungarian stage actor could only dream of. The other thing, and this one maybe more than anything, is that no matter the role, no matter the film, he gave everything that was required for the part. He never just cashed a check. Letty and I discussed a 1977 film called End of the World. Lee has a small role in the film, but whatever scene he was in, he commanded it, and he rose above the low quality of the script. I think Lee said it best himself when once he said, every actor has to make terrible films from time to time. But the trick is the never to be terrible in them. And you, sir, never were. This man's life and his impact on our lives can never be adequately explored in any one blog, podcast, or news article. And the likes of Sir Christopher Lee will never be seen again. But thanks to his many films, he, like his famous vampire role, will always be immortal. Derek and Monster Kid Radio. This is Reber Clark. Something about Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing was that they lent weight and total commitment to their characters no matter how outlandish. Their mere presence in a film guaranteed that the concerns of the film would be taken seriously, 
which as a teenager watching this stuff, I appreciated immensely. As an adult, I still do. Their concerns were my concerns, and they understood monstrous changes in far-out thoughts and actions. These are not the dull concerns of banking and real estate and politics and other mundane activities. These are the big questions. These are the questions most people don't even consider unless they're faced with death. The world is a weird and wonderful place, and no one knows what's around the next corner. These guys helped us all take that seriously. They kept the mind open and kept the world fresh with possibilities. I recently re-watched The Wicker Man, followed by The Horror of Dracula. Wonderful and committed performances. Mr. Lee was a consummate actor, up for anything, and played it all straight. I appreciate that. Rest well, Mr. Lee. Job well done. It's a new height in fright. to do with this. The man's jugular vein was bitten clean through. Never before such diabolic evil as the skull. I found in the morning that the skull had been removed. Well, who removed it? those who use its power. Invisible beings, spirits from a strange, evil world. The moving skull spreads its shrieking terror everywhere. <coughs> Casting its hypnotic trance over all who fall under its hideous shadow. killer at its evil command. Never before such blood-curdling horror as the skull. shouldn't have. I mean, the man was in the 90s, but he just seemed like too big a figure to even contemplate death. First saw Lee, obviously, as Dracula, but boy, did he move beyond that. I mean, Duke DeRichelieu in The Devil Rides Out, that's probably my favorite horror movie, Frankenstein, The Mummy. I mean, the man just could do anything. Actually, I just listened to him a week before reading The Raven. It's on uh, YouTube. Man was just 
such an incredible character. And then you read about his life as the years go on. A prominent war hero. I mean, just new languages. Heavy metal album in his 90s. I mean, that is beyond cool. Uh, and the subject was Charlemagne. That's even cooler. I mean, wow. You just was a, a, a character beyond uh, the roles he played. He was larger than life, which is a term used too much, I think, but man, did he prove it every time. I was really grateful to Britain that gave him a knighthood because finally acknowledging somebody of his stature beyond the simple roles that he played in the early days. I always also like to hear the stories about when he was on uh, the Tolkien sets correcting people in proper pronunciation of Elvish because he was his golfing partner with um, Tolkien. So it was really funny that the man just knew more than any of them. And, uh, well, I guess the second time I saw him was Scaramanga, Man with the Golden Gun. Not the best movie, and that was just because of the writing, but he was just so incredible. I actually was cheering for him over James Bond. <laughs> Not a surprise, it was Christopher Lee. So, in basic, I'm going to miss the man. I mean, he was the last of the greats. Carradine, Lugosi, Karloff, Vincent Price, the amazing Peter Kirchhoff and Christopher Lee's good friend, and then Christopher Lee, the most imperious of the monsters, I guess. Uh, thank you very much, and thanks, Derek, for putting this out again. I really appreciate what you do this kind of tribute. Hello, Derek, and the entire Monster Kid radio listening audience. This is Joe Blevins of the Dead to Rights blog at d2rights.blogspot.com, weighing in with my thoughts on the passing of actor Christopher Lee. Now, I'm pretty sure I, I first saw him in a syndicated rerun of a 1978 episode of Saturday Night Live, which he hosted with musical guest Meatloaf, whom he introduced this way. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I would like you to meet Loaf. And he delivered that stupid joke with the gravitas and the dignity and the slight air of gentlemanly menace he brought to everything. No wonder the man worked so much. He belongs to a fraternity of actors, along with Lugosi, Price, Karloff, Cushing, Peter Lorre, who are something beyond merely human. They're human special effects. There's something these men had which you can't learn in school. Now, an actor might devote himself to his craft for years, studying Stanislavski and Uta Hagen and doing exercises where he pretends he's a tree, learning his lines, hitting his marks, going on auditions, treading the boards, dyeing the grease paint, and still, he'll never be Christopher Lee. There's just something that Lee had, in the voice, of course, but in the face, the eyes, the eyebrows, the gestures, and the overall bearing, as if he were the devil made flesh but with impeccable manners. Look, a filmmaker today might say, can you get me Josh Hartnett? No? Well, can you get me a Josh Hartnett type? And you could get a Josh Hartnett type, maybe seven or eight of them. But there is no such thing as a Christopher Lee type. There is only one. And now there's none. And that's a sad thing. This is Joe Blevins of d2rights.blogspot.com.
hundred years ago in a mountain village in Switzerland lived a man whose strange experiments with the dead have since become a legend. A legend that is still told with horror the world over. We've only just started, just opened the door. But now's the time to go through that door and find what lies beyond it. Why don't you see, Paul? We've discovered the source of life itself and we've used it to restore a creature that was dead. This is Frankenstein, who revolted against nature who experimented with the devil and was forever cursed. His unwilling collaborator was Paul Kremp. I can't prove you murdered, but I can stop you using his brain. Why, he has no further use for it? Don't be a Be careful! Do damage it! Only two women ever entered this house of evil. Elizabeth, come back! Elizabeth, the lovely cousin who had promised to marry him, and Justine, the maid, who kept passionate and secret rendezvous with her master. Won't you understand you're in real danger? What Victor is doing is dangerous to everyone in the house. Now, you cannot possibly conceive what dreadful thing he's planning to do. What are you trying to tell me, Paul? That Victor's wicked? Insane? Wicked? Insane? Evil? Call Frankenstein what you will. A demon had made a man-made monster. And now... The monster was the master. Paul, what are you going to do? For your sake and to protect Elizabeth, I've so far kept silent. But now I shall go to the authorities and have them destroy that creature. And see that you pay for these atrocities. No! Hello Derek and my fellow monster kids, this is Court from Omaha. I cannot express how saddened I am at the passing of Sir Christopher Lee. My first Hammer film was The Devil Rides Out. There was a Hammer Films marathon on either Encore or Stars, and it was my 12th birthday. The marathon made it possibly the most kick-ass day while waiting for my mom and dad to get home from work for my birthday party. Sir Lee played a wealthy man in The Devil Rides Out who was an almost anti-hero and seemed to know an awful lot about the satanic forces of magic and darkness that he was battling. Uh, He knew so much that one would think he probably moonlights as a practitioner of the dark arts himself. Well, that was my interpretation of the film anyway. It was a rare role for Sir Christopher Lee and one I cherish to this day. I'm just going to declare it right now that Sir Christopher Lee was my favorite Dracula. I felt dread at the monstrous presence he commanded in the role. He always looked as though everything with a heartbeat was just food for the beast. His vindictive and cruel actions were nothing more than a predator chasing and playing with his prey. I know many people may not have seen that in his portrayal, but I did. I feel that his passing marks the end of an era of gothic horror film legends. He belongs in the collections of monster kids and horror super freaks like myself everywhere. Feels like my grandfather has died. (laughs) 
I'm planning on doing a tribute to Sir Christopher Lee in a week or two. I'm going to set up a marathon of my favorite of his filmographies and celebrate his work Irish Wake style with whoever was willing to join me. Again, this is uh, Court from Omaha, signing off. Hey Derek, this is Nicholas Hatcher from the Vampire Over Hollywood and Psychotronic Celluloid Podcasts calling in on this uh, very dark evening uh, to talk about one of my heroes, Sir Christopher Lee. I'm sure there'll be many people calling in, but I just wanted to kind of get my two cents in there. I grew up watching the Universal monster films, probably like most of us did. And, you know, to this day, they're still my, my biggest obsession. There's just something about those classic Universal monster movies. But as I was, you know, reading monster magazines and seeing different things and checking out different movies, I, you know, I started seeing these hammer films and this image of this, what is supposed to be Count Dracula and just, you know, with red eyes and huge fangs and blood going down the chin and everything. And it just was so shocking to me. You know, I grew up with Bela Lugosi and Lon Chaney Jr. and Son of Dracula. And it just, it wasn't something that I had ever seen before. And that image just stuck with me for a really long time until finally I got to see Horror of Dracula for the first time. And, and it just completely warped everything that I had learned from watching Universal monster films. From then on, it went to Curse of Frankenstein and so on and so forth until I became just as immersed in the Hammer films as I am in the Universal films. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Bela Lugosi because of the podcast that I do and because of the Universal films that I love, but I've never been one to compare Lugosi with Christopher Lee because in my mind it's just passing the torch along the the role of count dracula they both bring something so interesting and so different to the table christopher lee is a master class of actor and i feel that the triumvirate of the three early horror actors bela lugosi boris karloff lon cheney jr there came a time when they passed the baton to the next triumvirate, Peter Cushing, Vincent Price, and Christopher Lee. Unfortunately, we have now lost what I feel is the last major horror star in our fandom and in our history uh, as monster kids and even as just horror fans and film fans. Um, nobody really came along and and took up the torch after Cushing, Price, and, and Lee. And that that's really disappointing and, and sad. But regardless of that, I just want to remember how amazing of an actor Christopher Lee was. Not in just horror films and not as just Count Dracula as he would want to remember it. He did all kinds of things. He did comedy. He did drama. He did stage roles. He did... Uh, war things. He was Fu Manchu. You know, he did everything. He in over two hundred films. I he must hold some kind of record for appearing in so many films throughout his vast and wonderful career. He's just he's another one of those actors that is as soon as you see he's that he's in the film, you're excited to see what he's going to bring to the table. 
also one of those actors, much like Price, who was just as interesting in real life as he was on screen. So, anyway, I've rambled enough. I just had to say that uh, I love Christopher Lee, and we will never forget you and uh, all the joy that you have brought to us throughout many hours of movie watching. So, Chris, rest in peace. Shock! 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 In all the history of horror pictures, nothing so shocking on the screen. <laughs> Corridors of blood. Mr. Bolton, the committee have decided against holding any further demonstrations. I tell you, I must have those chemicals. <laughs> the bargain's a bargain, eh, Doctor? You keep your end of it, and I'll keep mine. Corridors of Blood, starring Boris Karloff, genius or madman? Better St. John, drawn into the deadly vortex. Finley Curry, who believed at first. Christopher Lee, the killer known as Resurrection Joe. I can't sign that. I don't know how he died. It's a favor for a favor, Doctor. You want your book? Hospitals want bodies. You take shock after shock after shock. Don't hold in your terror. Shriek if you must. A Nerdorama Shocker. This picture is not for timid souls. Hey there, it's Steve Sullivan here, author of Daikaiju Attack and White Zombie, among many, many other things. Just wanted to say a few words about Christopher Lee. He was one of the all-time horror greats, obviously, and one of the last of the all-time horror greats. Tempted to say the last, but as someone pointed out, Barbara Steele's still around. And, you know, there aren't many women that achieve the same kind of iconic level as uh, Karloff and, and Lee and Lugosi and those people, but but I think she qualifies. Anyway, Christopher Lee, I've said more than once since his death that we need to find a new, real, most interesting man in the world because Christopher Lee certainly was that guy right up until he died. He had an amazing and interesting life and an interesting background. He had heavy metal, to his credit, done heavy metal music, good heavy metal music, done amazing work on screen, just, and that's not even counting his real life exploits in World War II, which, in which he did things that are so secret that we still don't know what they were. Although apparently, some of them did let him know what it sounded like to have a man die from being stabbed in the back, according to Legend and Peter Jackson. So, just amazing stuff. My first experience with him was probably the Dracula on late night TV, probably Horror of Dracula. There was one of the channels that showed a lot of those interesting uh, Hammer films in the sequence of the series, and I loved the Dracula ones. Uh, Frankenstein and the Mummy were good, but... Yeah, obviously he's Dracula. He brought a power and a magnetism 
to the role that even Lugosi couldn't match. Lugosi had that suave charm and eeriness, but Christopher Lee, just raw animalism in a way that very few other people could do. It's great in pretty much everything he did, and he did so many roles and so much for us monster kids to love. We'll never see his like again. I'm sorry he's gone, but boy, he did more movies than almost anybody. And there's probably still one or two that aren't out yet. So, great job, great life, Christopher Lee. We'll miss you. See you on the other side. Hello, Derek and all the other monster kids out there. This is Jeff Blair calling in with my memories of the recently departed. Well, I know certainly of Christopher Lee's monster work and know of uh, some of his other rather amazing life that I've read about. What I mainly know him from myself is seeing him in the Lord of the Rings movies and the Star Wars movies, where he was saddled with the really, really terrible theme of Count Dooku, which is why I usually refer to his character by the other name, Darth Sidious, which is so much more sinister. Uh, and he was just a really terrifying character who could give even Darth Vader, the original Darth, a run for his money. So it's a, it's a terrible thing. It's really sad that he passed, but gosh, boy, did he live an incredible life and a long life. I don't think we can be sad about that. I'll talk to you later. believe in the power of darkness that's a superstition now there you are wrong the power of darkness is more than just a superstition it is a living force which can be tapped at any given moment of the night why on one night of one year should these people live in mortal fear who knows he must fight the devil's power to the death. My God. Don't look at the eyes, Rex! Eyes, eyes, once filled with love, are consumed with fear. For Tanith is now promised to the devil. Listen carefully to what I say. This is Makata, the devil's chief disciple. Your will is leaving you, slipping away. The Devil Rides Out, from bestseller author Dennis Wheatley's famous novel, fills the screen with a special kind of visual terror. All you think quickly! Back to back! Join hands! You will hear his evil. You will feel his evil. You will see his evil. 
once catch sight of his face. Hey, Derek, and all the other monster kids out there. Oh, definitely, definitely a sad week with the passing of Sir Christopher Lee, but uh, it's certainly time to reflect on all of his great performances over the years. I'm really looking forward to the tributes uh, that you guys talked about on Monster Kid Radio, also at 1951 Down Place, uh, especially going over the Hammer films, which I admittedly am not as familiar with. Uh, like some of the other Christopher Lee films, uh, I'm thinking about like the Star Wars prequels, Lord of the Rings films, of course. Uh, I love the Bond universe, so The Man with the Golden Gun, that's one of my favorites. Regarding that film, I'm not sure why that Bond film is thought of one of the lesser Bonds. I know Roger Moore definitely has his detractors. Uh, of course, there's the silliness with J.W. Pepper showing up again, but I thought Christopher Lee made a tremendous Bond villain in Scaramanga. Definitely a more personal threat to Bond in that one, and... I might have to include that one as part of my Christopher Lee tribute. That's always a good one to revisit. One flick I did put in my Blu-ray player, and oddly enough, I just found the DVD for it. It was a two-movie DVD over at the Cheapy Cheap bin at Walmart. Captain America and Captain America 2, Death Too Soon, uh, the second one, the sequel, is the one with Christopher Lee. I spotlighted that film on episode 38 of Comic Book Central when I interviewed Red Brown, he played Captain America on the CBS TV movie. Christopher Lee was the villain, Miguel, in that one. And Reb talked about working with him on that movie and also The Howling 2. They were in that one together. So I played that clip as part of a tribute on the latest episode of Comic Book Central. I watched the movie again. Yes, it is a little cheesy, but it's good fun. And Lee is really good in it. So check that out. With that, I'm going to sit back, listen to the rest of your tributes. Oh, those are the other monster kids. I'm looking forward to those as well. And I look forward to seeing some of those Christopher Lee movies I haven't seen before. So take care, everyone. Hi, this is Victoria Price, and I wanted to send in some thoughts about the passing of Christopher Lee to Monster Kid Radio. Chris and my dad, and of course Peter Cushing, were great friends. They got such a kick out of the fact that they all shared, well, Chris and my dad the exact same birthday, 10 years apart, and then Peter the day before. And I do think it's interesting that these men who had so much in common in terms of not only their film careers, but their their niceness, the way they moved through the world, and even how they looked. It, it You know, I'm not a big believer in uh, astrology, but it, it makes you think a little bit. My dad loved Chris, and, and I know Chris loved my dad, and it gives me such joy to think that they're together sharing stories and reconnecting. One of the things I think Chris would tell my dad is how much people still love my dad and even more surprisingly, how huge and popular the horror genre has become. I think my dad would find that so fun and interesting. I had the pleasure of spending an afternoon in Chris's beautiful flat in London and it was right around Veterans Day. And he explained to me many things about the tradition of wearing the red poppies in England and really about how important it was to him to honor the history of the two world wars that devastated Europe. He spoke so passionately and eloquently about it. And in that glimpse, I was able to see what a thoughtful and 
profound thinker he was. I'm so grateful to have known him, but mostly I'm just grateful to him and to my dad and Peter for their legacy of being more than actors, being extraordinary gentlemen who shared a deep and wonderful friendship. So I send all of my love and blessings to uh, the Lee family and to all the Christopher Lee fans out there. I hope that you can take some comfort in knowing that while Chris may no longer be here in our eyesight, he and Peter and my dad, wherever they are, they're having a grand time. I want to say a big thank you to everybody who called in or sent their messages in about Christopher Lee. I think it's going to be a while before it really kind of sinks in that he's gone. But like I said, during my personal tribute, there are so many Christopher Lee movies out there that I'm sure you haven't seen. It's like he's still making movies for you. So go check some of those out and then go check out some of your old favorites as well. There are so many people that contributed to this episode. I'm afraid to start naming them now because I'm sure I'm going to forget them. But if you called in or sent in your message... Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for downloading the show. We'll talk to everybody here in a couple of days. We're going to go out on Midnight Syndicate's song. Again, it is Beyond the Veil of Time. And according to Ed Douglas from Midnight Syndicate, this song is as close a tribute to Christopher Lee as he's ever done. Thank you.